Tonight, we bring you professional wrestling royalty. Magic, if you will. Starts out as a referee, works his way through the Florida Territory, NWA, WWF. Goes to ECW and becomes the absolute manager of champions. You ever heard of guys like Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Taz? All managed to gold by tonight's guest, Mr. Bill Alfonso. We got a little bit of gimmickry for you before he gets here, but right at 7 o'clock we dial the phone and we talk to Bill himself. Hope he has his whistle ready, daddy. Here it comes, the Loki and Jabroni Show. And welcome once again to the Loki and Jabroni Show. I am always Loki to the left of me. Oh my God! I'm Jabroni. I, th- I think that was a pill. That was a fun. Joey Styles bit. It. Oh, I, okay. I can't do a good. I tried. I've been practicing for four days. I can't do Bill Justice with my Bill Alfonso impression. I can't. I'm sorry. It's no. not like it's not like doing you know Bill Clinton or Hank Hill. He's got something special there. You'll hear when he calls up, man. He's no, have a good time. And of course. The man in the box, the man of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, and he doesn't drink anything junky. Any focus. I thought, I thought that blueberry stuff was funky. Well, it's funky. Might not be junky. Speaking of not junky, in October, if I got something for you guys, I texted you about it. Don't know if you got the text message or not. El Segundo Brewing Company out of California is making its way yes. into New York, New yeah. Jersey, Massachusetts. Yeah. I checked their little map. There's three places right on my way to get Emma. And one of those beers that's coming, good God, Broken Skull IPA, the brainchild of Stone Cold Steve Austin, as if we need more wrestling in our life. Yes, but we need good IPA. We do. We We always need good IPA. Who can argue about good IPA? We we definitely need more wrestlers and beer. Yes. Sometimes um, at the same time. My my, my drink of choice today is is sweet tea, Um, mostly for the South. Mm-hmm. The South had a heck of a week this week. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with your dirty birds. Yes, that was a, that was what I like to call cardiac arrest. Ro- rolling in there oh. and uh, helping you guys, you know, go, go to a one and one, so you don't have an zero and two start. Yes. Then it goes on to the Saints, who have oh, now lost uh, Drew Brees for <laughs> for six weeks now because the poor guy can't even grip a football. Right I feel now. bad because with so, Brees, it's better than without Brees. Uh, it's well, it's going to be. I, I'm trying to let all my people know really nicely. Get to sipping and get to enjoying because. Um, Teddy, Teddy too close is yes. not going to be your savior. And um, last but certainly not least, um, to, to, <laughs> to the Panthers. Oh, Christ. Um, your, your guy comes rolling out looking like Betty from fucking the Flintstones and his hair all done up. I'm going to put it in a bun. I mean, come on, Cam. <laughs> we, we are done with That, that one press conference, he looked like Whitney Houston from The Bodyguard with uh, the wrap uh, and the tie was, in the middle. He, he, looked like, he looked like my grandma on her Sunday best, rolling out to go get a bird right before fucking church. But can your grandma shake off two tacklers and run for 15 yards? Well, lately he hasn't been able to either. That's true. So That's true. Let's break that down. So here you go to the south. Loki is enjoying some sweet tea in your honor. 
<laughs> well, with very limited time before Bill comes here, I didn't want to talk a lot of football, but I wanted to bring up something. Eli Manning is getting benched. Career may be over. I don't know his first name, but the quarterback's name is Jones, which is a good thing. And I got a Josh Jones. His real name? I thought it was yes. Josh. Isn't his first name Josh? Josh Jones. Yeah. Could be. All I know is Josh. I got a very nice message from the mayor of Middletown today saying I, I wanted to do this in your honor. Eli Manning is now Benchwarmer Jones, and the new quarterback is <laughs> Starter Jones Jones. Starter Jones Jones. Good use of the Jones. I'm proud of you people. Everybody's embracing the Jones. As long as you don't abuse it, you can use it. Eddie had a good Jones earlier today. Oh, Recovery Jones? Recovery Jones, getting off that cold. Yeah, if you can't tell, I sound like a frog. That's been skull-fucked by Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Yikes. Not the kind of day you want well, to have. Well, he's Chinese, technically, so. Eddie is or the frog? No, Scorpion. Oh, okay. He's I thought he was Japanese. No, he's technically Chinese. There's an ease at the end. No, the, the, um, the, the, the Luke, the Luke, Luke, Luton or whatever. The, the, sub, Sub-Zero <laughs> is fucking Jap. Scorp, Scorp is definitely hung tong now. <laughs> if ever there were a time for trigger alert, that was it. Get, get over here. Oh, my Lord. Pretty sure the war is over. Yeah. We I didn't the, say it was still going on. We got a lot of what's on our mind after Bill Alfonso, but I figured we could pay a few bills before he comes on. Our favorite is LokiandJabani.com. <coughs> News, information, our affiliates, Amazon, WWE, lots of good stuff coming up. They had a sale during Clash of Champions, which I wish somebody would have taken advantage of because that show was 50% awesome and 50% absolute suckitude. So while you were watching the show, you could have went speaking, to LokiandJabani.com. Speaking of which, um, if, uh, did you see somebody trying to see that fan trying to touch trying Sasha's Trying to squeeze butt? Sasha's ass, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's going after him. Good. She's going after him, so buddy, don't uh, don't be on social media for a while because yeah. they're looking for you, mm-hmm. and they they want blood. There's a lot of female wrestlers out there that want some fucking blood, and they have every right to at this point. Sure, you know, but I, for me to actually play devil's advocate in the same fucking sentence, okay. Um, how how long have we've seen this? You know what I'm saying? Um, when when wrestlers, wrestlers are going through the crowd, you know since what I'm saying? Since the dawn of time, um, they're patting their asses and shit like that. Is it is it a part of the scene? You know what I'm saying. Uh, now 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 you throw a female body into it, and now there's lines that need to be drawn. You know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. and this this is one of those lines right now that I think a lot of the female wrestlers are getting sick of. A lot of the male wrestlers have actually you know made their made their points that they're getting sick and tired of getting touched. Um, I know Baron Corbin is a big. No, no person to touch. Like you can't, you can't come anywhere next to him. He freaks out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's like that. Howie He's Mandel. Howie Mandel. Thing. Yeah. Right. Right. He just doesn't know what you carry, and he doesn't want nothing right. to do with that. You know. Um, but uh, to sue this guy, I mean, you're talking. Technically, it's sexual harassment. It, it you is. Squeeze harass in front of fifteen thousand people. Right. Feel free. You're gonna get popped. I mean, I yeah, mean this and, is their workplace. They work here. Exactly. Right, exactly. And, and even, it's not like it's not like Triple H walked up and squeezed her. You know, tatas. This is a regular Joe like you and me bought a ticket, sitting in that front row. The front row. And the exactly. dude next to him with a camera getting that shot. Like, hey. Bitch, you won't grab Sasha's ass. Like, All right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you guys remember a few years ago, uh, I think Will Smith was in, like, France or something uh, promoting a movie, and this uh, reporter just, like, grabbed him, like, hands oh. around the head and kissed him on the mouth. And he freaked. And, and, well, he didn't freak, but he straight up said, whoa, and then, like, slapped him in the face. Yeah. 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 And, like, I was, like, appropriate. 
Yeah. Yeah. I tell people all the time because I have a lot of people at work that like to get like this freaking close to you, like an inch away just to talk to you. I'm like, uh uh-uh, 18 inches. You guys, fine. We sit next to each other. I went and visited you today. We were X amount of space yeah, apart. Yeah, I, I kept a good like eight yards from well, him. Well, it's because he's sick. Yeah. But it, normally – I just, him my coworker ragging on D&D, bro. You started it. You started it. Let's put it there. No, she started it. Well, then you started yeah, it. Yeah, chick. <laughs> She made fun of it. I just kind of agreed. I called him, what I call you, uh, Dr. Dorkenstein. Yeah. That's all right. It's okay. You got me back with the NASCAR. It's all good. It's all right. I don't, I don't begrudge you for doing the D to B, D&D bit. That's where the basement left quest turn. comes from. And I can't left wait turn. to see Remember it. who controls the overlays. Left turn. Right turn in two weeks, jackass. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> oh, no. There's five of them. Oh, damn. They've upped their game. We're going to be washing each other like nobody's business. Tell them about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we want to. You want to call Bill now? Do you want to use, yeah. utilize three minutes? We got we got three quick minutes. So sure. um, let's just uh, for those of you who don't know who Bill Alfonso is, um, like we said, he started off as a referee. He's always been involved in wrestling. Um, he really took off. I'd have to say, much like you said, when when he became the manager of RVD, when he became the manager of Taz mm-hmm. and uh, Sabu, and Sabu. Love him or hate him, his, his, he had a uh, a flair about him, and and he had a huge pop, especially when it came to ECW. Mm-hmm. ECW loved Sabu. They and loved Sabu. Sabu had already been around the world twice at that point, <coughs> but you're right. ECW took him from here and and put him up. He became a household name at oh, that yeah. point, you know. And and obviously RVD was already a household name. Taz was already a household name. Mm-hmm. These were big names, and to come into ECW and do what he did is is pretty on a bigger platform right? and, and just you said a household name i remember my niece being all of two years old i was out with a back injury i was staying with my sister and brother-in-law and i'm laying on the couch ice on the back and you know those big popcorn containers you got every christmas oh yeah yep three she'd flavors put one yep she'd put it right behind the couch she'd stand up on it she'd look see if i'm looking i'm always with a book in my hand or watching tv she would flip over forward somersault onto my stomach and scream Sabu! Right onto my stomach. I'm like, oh, mother f- Courtney, no! Yep. Now, if she did that, I'd punch the shit out of her because she's 27 years old, and that shit's not cool. And you probably squared out your butt. <laughs> I got enough problems with my butt lately. <laughs> there's, there's nothing I can say. You'd be like a squeeze that. toy. Yes, indeed. So I'm going to hit this button right here. We're just going to call Bill Alfonso and have a good time. So get ready, guys. Here, oh look at that phone is ringing. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. It's what it's what happens. Can you? Hear What's up, Chris? Me? Hey, Bill Alfonso, how are we doing tonight? All good, Daddy. Well, first, I'm going to walk you around the room to my immediate right. If you're watching on YouTube, to my immediate left is my co-host Michael Loki Smith. What's going on, Bill? Hey, Loki Smith. What's up, Daddy? How you doing, my man? And the man in the All box, the, the man in the box is our producer, Eddie Focus. How's it going? Hey, yeah, that's great. You focus on just, what a name, brother. What a hell of a name. Oh, wow. Thanks, Eddie, for having me. All right. Well, we might as well get the proper introduction out of the way. We went through, we didn't want it, we tested sound earlier with the phone. But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, from the Florida Territory, from the cage with Luger and Brody, to the main event with Ric Flair, to the WWF refereeing every match you could think of ecw manager of champions T- Sab- sabu taz rvd 
one of the bloodiest matches in history against Beulah McGillicuddy. This is our friend Bill Alfonso. Bill, the first question I have is how'd you get into the business? I beat Beulah's ass. Night, Daddy. <laughs> I think when I shared that video, I said this is the night Bill tried to destroy Beulah's box. It, uh, actually, it was a lot of fun. It, it was uh, one of Paul Heyman's favorite top matches, at, you know, at ECW. Uh, people are still talking about it because the blood and the, you know, Fonzie and Beulah, it was pretty cool to do. Yeah, for, but, uh, for two people that aren't technically trained professional wrestlers, you guys put on one hell of a performance that night. I I think so. They're still talking about it today. It's not like, uh, I'd say, six of WWE's uh, home entertainment uh, DVDs that you can order. But, uh, yeah, it was great, man. I really enjoyed that. All right. Well, do you have any questions for him before I get into the timeline? Well, um, obviously, uh, we, we spoke on the ECW and uh, how how you guys pretty much own that. Um, and I got to say, obviously, we also know that, you know, the the fundage wasn't there, like, say, in WWE, like the planes and all that stuff. Um, what was your main, main mode of transportation uh, when you're going between these venues? Well, I lived in Tampa Bay, and they're based out of Philly, and we did the majority of the shows the first few years right there in the Northeast. So I would fly uh, from Tampa to Philly every Friday, basically, and then we would drive from Philly Airport, you know, we'd get a hotel. If we weren't at the ECW Arena, we were somewhere within, you know, two two hours, two and a half hours. You go north. Go to New York, uh, the Elk Club, Queens, Poughkeepsie, uh, all in through that area, all the way upstate. Buffalo was a great territory for us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would fly every weekend, and then I would jump in a car with Ty Gordon, Sandman, and probably two cold Scorpio. That was our little kick there. Not a bad group a to travel with. <laughs> you cover all the bases right there. Todd's got, Todd's got the money. Sandman's got the beer. And two colds, 420 all day long. <laughs> what happened? I'm not saying that's not, you know. Yeah. Okay. Am I having a technical difficulty over here? Or? Nope. Seems like I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I can hear you guys fine, and I'm watching you on my uh, other iPhone. All right. There's a little, like, a couple seconds delay, but that's cool. All right. Well, now, I guess now's the time to ask, um, you, when exactly did you get started in the business? I know you started as a referee in Florida, but there's got to be a story behind that. Um, 78 was actually when I went professional, got lucky. Uh, but before that... I did a few, but they didn't call them indie shows back then. They called them outlaw shows. And um, I did a few of those. I met some guys. I, I was really interested in wrestling because my dad was a friend of the sports editor for the newspaper here in Tampa. And Tampa was the hotbed, one of the hotbeds in the country for pro wrestling, you know, and the offices here. Wrestling from Florida was based out of Tampa. 
and there was so much talent here. It was crazy. So I grew up around all that, and uh, I ended up going to wrestling and fell in love with it and wanted to wrestle, but too small. Ended up meeting a bunch of guys, Rocky Johnson, King Curtis, uh, uh, Gary Hart, uh, Paul Jones, uh, um, and they sent me, they, they knew I wanted to be in the business, but too small. So you make a great referee. You love the business. You've been around it. I've already soaked up a lot, but you know, nothing. Um, so they said, Hey, we're going to send you to Texas with Dave Pierre, the Cuban assassin, who was my best friend at the time. And, uh, so we went out to Texas, but no guarantee. Dave, the Cuban assassin, he had a guaranteed job there for the Von Eric. And I was going out there posing as his little brother. We were practically brothers anyway because we grew up together. You know what I mean? Right. Wow. Uh, so I went to, they, yeah, come out. I'll tell him you're my little brother. And that make it a little bit easier. You're the referee. And uh, you were sent out by Rocky Johnson, which was true. And uh, King Curtis and Gary Hart was the booker in Texas. So we went out there, and there was already referees established. There was four territories. There was the Funks in Amarillo, the Von Erich in Dallas, Joe Blanchard in San Antonio, Paul Bosch. Had, he just ran Houston, Texas. That was the only town he ran once a month. And that was what, a big, big payday, big, big, big crowd. So anyway... So they had all their referees already, David Manny, Franco Lubitsch, and a couple more. I can't recall the name. So there was no spot for another referee. So I rode around for six months, you know, learning business with the Cuban assassin and read all the guys. But I did work uh, for the Von Eric a couple of times at the auditorium. By chance, you know, it was a double shot or somebody who uh, wasn't going to make it. So I filled in for him because I was there anyway, had all my gear. So I worked with Joe Blanchard. I worked with the Funks. Dory really liked me a lot. Everybody liked my work. I was just, you know, good. And uh, but I told Dave, I said, Dave, I can't stay here no more. You know what I mean? I've only worked six times in six months. Right. You know, and you're paying for food. I'm staying with you at your apartment. Everything's cool. But, man, I got to go home and, you know, try to do something. So I was leaving Texas in like a week. I gave and uh, Paul Jones said to me, hey, Fonzie, I heard you're leaving. I said, yeah. He said, well, Jerry Bristol's a really good friend of mine. So is Dusty. Jerry's an assistant booker in Florida, and Dusty's the booker. When you get there, go to the office, see if you can have a meeting with Jerry, and tell him I sent you and that you work with Joe Blanchard and, and the Fonz and the Von Eric and Paul Moss. If there's any room for you, you're going to be there. So I had the meeting with Jerry. Uh, told him exactly what I just told you. And he said, well, look, we have our full-time referees, but maybe this summer if something comes up, we'll give you a call. I said, thank you so much, Jerry. Didn't meet Dusty that day. So uh, I said, okay, this guy has no job. But that, this, this was a Monday morning. So the referee that was full-time employed by Florida Wrestling, he had... Uh, on Mondays was West Palm Beach, Tampa, Tuesday, Wednesday, Miami, Thursday, Jacksonville, Friday, and Saturday, Spot Hills, and Sunday, Orlando. And it was a repeat every week, every week. We were, uh, West Palm, 50 weeks a year. Tampa, 50 weeks a year. So anyway, the referee had the three main event, the cards, you know, three main event guys, 
in the car with him on the way to West Palm. It's 200 miles. It was a sold-out building. Dusty was Booker. So the referee had a flat tire like an alligator alley, nothing around. And he says, oh, fuck, I don't have a spare. Didn't have a spare. So they end up missing the sold-out show. Dusty was furious, fired him on the spot. Wow. They called me the next morning, Tuesday morning, and said, hey, kid, this is Charlie Lake. He was an office guy, ex-wrestler. Charlie Lake, you can look him up on the, and maybe find him, uh, Tennessee guy. He said, hey, uh, Dusty told me to give you, I mean, Jerry Briscoe told me to give you a call and see if you could make his referee Tuesday night, tonight, at the Armory. This is a place I grew up. The main event was Dusty Rhodes, the assassin, Jody Hamilton. Uh, Bobo Brazil, all these big names, Eddie Graham. I said, oh my God. So yes, thank you. So I, I worked that Tuesday night and got over, you know, did my job good, uh, looked great. And they said, hey, can you make Wednesday? Yes, sir. I worked Wednesday. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. Okay, so I, I worked Wednesday. They said, hey, can you make Jacksonville Thursday? I said, yes, sir. So I made Jacksonville, made the spot show Saturday, the spot show Sunday, and then Orlando uh, Sunday. Uh, two spot shows Friday and Saturday. <clears throat> Sunday was Orlando every week. So Jerry Briscoe came up to me at the end of the night in Orlando <clears throat> and said, hey, we want to hire you full time. And... uh I said, okay, thank you so much. He said, everybody likes you, but just remember one thing. You can leave as fast as you came. Well, obviously, that's that's how you got in the door. Right. I mean, that's always. I got in the door right there, and I worked. I've been working. I worked full time um, for probably uh, almost 20 years. And in the last few years, I worked here and there. And I, I'm, I got, I'm booked all the way to December 27th right now. So, wow. Wow. Uh, so I've been working for you know basically full time since since that day. It's wow. been crazy. And, and wow. so, and one of the things yeah. you said while you were telling that story that every wrestler from Bob Backlund to Gary Wolf to Barry Horowitz, anybody we've ever had on the show, it's the same thing. Yes, sir. No, sir. Shake your hand. Make shake everybody's hand. Make the shots. Keep your mouth shut. Just do the best job you can, and you will find your way to success in the business. Right. Right. And there's no shortcuts because. There's only, uh, I'd say in the United States, say there's only uh, 170 jobs for wrestlers that are going to make bank, right? Right. And there's 800 guys that can fill that spot instantly almost. There's a lot of talented guys out there that don't have a contract. So you better uh, do your job because there's always somebody to take it. But as long as you're persistent and, and uh, uh, damn, it's... It, it's a great thing, man. As long as you do your job and uh, the rest is like you, the office like you, there's no reason why you should have a career. But careers are short now. There's only a couple companies to work for. Yeah. Kind of like back in the old days, go from Florida to Mid-Atlantic to Texas, you know what I mean? Six right. Six years, a year here. That elongs your career tremendously, but no, no more of that. So fortunately enough, uh, fortunately for me, I've seen the tail end of a lot of guys like Bobo Brazil, the Sheik, Eddie Graham, all those guys. They were tail ending their career when I met them. So I've been through multiple generations. That generation, the Bobo Brazil, the Sheiks, then the next ones was the Dusty Rhodes and and uh, Dick right. Murdoch and Walter Daniel and 
and then it was the Barry Windhams and the Shawn Michaels and all those guys, and now it's a whole new era. So I've been through four or five different generations, which has been very cool for me. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty incredible in itself, just to just to say that you've been a part of as many gen- – and, and really when we just did um, – I don't know if you if you caught up on it, but we did a, a top 20 uh, of our favorite wrestlers. Of our lifetime. Of our lifetime, and just throughout that, I mean, we had – Three to four generations in that, and easily, and just easily. to just to be able to, to to say that you've been a part of that is just absolutely incredible and blows my mind. And and, and not even a part of it, a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I had tremendous opportunities. I was gifted so many things. I was so lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. I worked hard. All those with the move, you know, everything lined up. Um, I did some pretty major events from WrestleMania to Tokyo Dome, 65,000 people, Japanese uh, wrestler versus Flair, all through Europe. Every major city in the United States, every major arena was multiple different companies. Um, and the, the, the lucky thing for me is I met a lot of the guys that, you know, people talk about in relate, you know, in the, uh, imitate, you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty cool. Now you, you're right now in the in the story of Bill Alfonso. We are in Florida at the be right in the beginning of your career. You spent what a good eight years there. What was some of your favorite moments and events that took place that you were a part of in that Florida territory? God, I was so lucky just to have a job. It, you look back at things and say how nobody could do it today. Vince McMahon can't do. And he can do anything. Yeah. He's the biggest, best promoter of them all. And I love this. A lot of people talk bad about him. I'll never say a bad thing about this. He was so good to me. So good to me. I made so much money with him, I was embarrassed. <laughs> and he treated me professional, beautiful, Ponzi. I like that. Oh, Ponzi, great bump. Oh, Ponzi. You know, wasn't my best friend, but, you know, he put me over every now and then. You know, um, so what was the question? I forgot. What was some of your favorite moments during your run in Florida? I guess um, interacting with all the tremendous um, talent. The, um, the, remember, we ran. The, oh, I was saying nobody could do this today. You can't run the same town. What town do you guys live in? We'll call it, uh, we're southeastern Connecticut, so yeah. we'll just use New, Northern, London, New, New London, London County. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's just say Stanford. Okay, I'm using yeah, yeah. You can't Stanford every Tuesday night for 50 weeks a year. Impossible. And we did that and sold Tampa out for years. It was unbelievable, a different era. That was I look back at it now and say that wasn't, but it was every town. It was West Palm every Monday, sold out practically. We didn't go under seventy percent at all. They did, and something was wrong. But um, a lot of sellouts, man. It was was crazy. Those were some of my fondest moments. Mm Well, I was going to say, people were hungry for live events back then. Not only that, hungry for live events, but like Bill was saying, Dusty was the booker back then, and there were other guys underneath that were doing some booking. You have to come up with a lot of great stories to keep these people coming Mm -hmm. back week after week after week. Um, I had 
um, relatives in Tampa. So I know it was the uh, Fort Homer Hester Hester Armory. Am I Armory? Am I getting that right, Bill? Yeah. Very close, Daddy. Fort Homer Hesterly. Okay. Very close army. And I know that ran every week, and my cousins salivated. Oh, wrestling's coming. We got to go. We got to go. I got to see two or three shows there in uh, 82, 83. That's how I learned about Barry Windham. It's how I learned about first ever Bill Alfonso, Major League referee right there. Mm -hmm. I saw Dusty there. I saw Brody there. The one show I didn't get to see because I was sick, and it was during a vacation. I want to say it was 1985. Luger and Brody in the cage. Can you tell us that story? I, I shared the video recently on our Facebook page. but want to hear it from the guy inside the ring. Well, I'll, I'll tell some basis on it. It was a great, uh, that was at the War Memorial Theater in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, the War Memorial Auditorium in Fort Lauderdale. And course, we did uh, good business there all the time. If we didn't run Miami Beach Convention Center, it was either we were either uh, somewhere close to South Florida. We would be in Homestead, but most usually 50 or 40, 42 weeks a year in Miami Beach Convention Center. And then the other few weeks were close by, like Fort Lauderdale. So anyway, Fort Lauderdale was the cage match. Brody only comes in for the week. You know how we do It's like Abdullah comes in for the week. Andre the Giant comes in for the week. Fabulous Moolah comes in for the week. You know what I mean? They come in, do their thing. Rick Flair would come in for the week or Harley Race, do the uh, seven shows or four or five of the big shows and, and then go to the next territory. Uh, so Luger, they had been grooming Luger. They loved Luger. I was a instrumental in giving him his name. I loved Luger when he first came out. Oh, he was badass. Luger was a yeah. He, he, you could sell every ounce of that guy easily, easily, and he and yeah. literally he Man. had he had the charisma of a cucumber. But he tried so hard. You have to give him a lot of credit. <laughs> but he, tried he was so hard. He just looked so fantastic. I mean, <laughs> thank God he had the looks, right? <laughs> <laughs> because nothing personal, and I love Luger, and I'm friends with him to this day. He was a total package, beautiful fucking look at everything. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, played football, but did not have the rhythm. It wasn't a natural. And if you're not a natural in the sports entertainment business, in my business, and the business you guys love so much, it's very, very mm-hmm. hard. And I noticed, you know, and I, I did notice died. that they'll always put him with guys that could bring him up, going back to putting him in there as a tag team with Wyndham or making him a four horseman or in the WWF in the early nineties, when he came and did the red, white and blue bit, they put him with Davey boy Smith as a partner. Those guys you can learn from and they'll bring you up. So when it comes yeah, to the late night, go ahead, Bill. Yeah. Why do you think, put him guys? why do you think they put him with those guys? Cause he, he needed to work. Exactly. And yeah. if you watched him, like again, in, in Florida, he looked great. He million bucks. I remember, they locked, yeah. they locked somebody in a cage, and him and Wyndham poured milk and eggs on somebody. Who'd they lock in the cage? Fuck me running. I can't I, remember. I, forget, I mean, I forget, but uh, they they hand-groomed him. Fucking, they got him from the football, the Canadian, yeah. whatever it is, the fucking yeah. game. Miami, uh, he played ball all over the place. And they groomed him. Miro Batsuda, who was part owner with Eddie Graham in the Florida Championship Wrestling, along with Dusty, they all owned a piece of it. Loved them. They all loved them. 
Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, good. But anyway, he had a fucking fantastic career, and he made nothing but big, huge money. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I, but I, I don't want to get too. I don't want to get too far away from the question, though. I, I, to, to this day, I've heard Luger's side. Unfortunately, Brody's no longer with us. You were the third man in the ring. What happened in that cage? Well, I think it was a bad booking from the beginning. All right, could have worked, but you know the, uh, the the booking came from the office. You know, Brody and, and Luger in the cage didn't make sense. Why would you put Luger in the cage with Brody? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, because uh, you look back at it because he was relatively inexperienced. You know, he was an athlete and all that, but he was relatively inexperienced. And he had been, all his opponents had been handpicked for him. He did nothing but uh, go over on every match in his first 100 matches, you know what I mean, 200 matches. Then after a year or two, they, they put him with Brody, and Brody's high-spirited, if you know what I mean. He's, mm. You know, yeah. Motors love to a draw, and he was a, a great fucking entertainment, and you know he was like Andre. He was a great uh, thing to watch, and, and he's the a spectacle. He wasn't yeah. that bad, dick or something. You know what I mean? He was just a little stern, and you know he just wanted to do things the right way, and sometimes his way. But but anyway, uh, um, they didn't really talk before the match. You know, they wanted to talk to him. Uh, that's very normal in, in, in our business. You know, you get to talk to your opponent a little bit, go over some stuff, and Brody. So that was, I blame it all on the office, because the office should have handled that. The office should have walked in, or whoever it was. Dusty wasn't there that night. Whoever it was, uh, say, hey, Brody, you know, what do you think? Let's have a nice match. But they didn't do any of that. So it comes bell time, they get in the ring. Lucas a little panicky already. The bell hasn't even been rung. Right. You know? <laughs> He just got a little feeling, not a bad feeling, but you know, he's used to being pampered. He's used to say, "Okay, we're gonna uh, throw you in a row, give you a big elbow, and move on the, you know, and and uh, so when the bell rung, and and Luger didn't know what to do. He basically stood there. You see, during the match, he like freezes for a couple seconds, you know, a few times, and then throws the right punches at him, you know, and. And Brody don't show because, and I'm telling Luger the whole time that he don't hear me because it's like talking to a deer in the headlights. He's not hearing anybody. <laughs> right. Luger, I said, Luger, stop. Just listen to him. And, and Brody hears me talk to him. We're all within 10 to 15 inches of each other. You know what I mean? Right. I said, Luger, just stop. And just listen to Brody. He'll get you right through it. It'll make you look like a million dollars, and then whatever. It'll beat the fuck out of you for a minute, so what? Uh, but he couldn't hear me and got carried away and got a little gun shy and made the wrong decision was, uh, uh, to leave the ring. You know, he, he thought he was going to get in a real fight. Brody didn't want to fight him or hurt the guy. Right. You know, but – and the and the, and the guy, uh, again, I'm saying it's uh, Florida Championship Wrestling – uh, it's their fault because they didn't, you know, talk to Brody or talk to Luger, you know what I mean, at all. Right. So and, it was a bad matchup. And I, I know when we had Bob Backlund on a year or two ago, he said a lot of the guys back then liked to call it in the ring. They wouldn't talk before they touched. And I don't know if yeah, so well, much if yeah, that's a good yeah. thing or a bad thing. Well, at, at that level, at a world-class level, you can do that. Like a Jake the Snake 
and Barry Windham. Mm-hmm. They could not see each other for three months, walk into a room and have a fucking uh, WrestleMania main event match. Right. They're so good. Steamboat, Flair, you know, Orrin Anderson. And there's so many talented guys that can do that, but not every, you know, I'd say 99% of the guys are a high percentage of the guys can do that. Well, a lot of these guys also rode together and 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 did a lot of things together. So when when you have like we like you guys like to call the band of brothers, or like you had your, your clique that would go into the car all the time, you know, you get that. You don't even need to be in the same area for six seven months. You just instantly click again, and you can see people that do that, and you can see people that are stiff. And unfortunately, Luger was one of those really stiff guys. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, well, not so stiff where he would hurt people. That's stiff. Like, if I hit <laughs> right. you and it's hard, that's what I'm yeah. saying stiff. Like, like his body was stiff and he wasn't a natural. Could, you know what I mean? He couldn't do what those guys I just named. He couldn't do what it, uh, Barry did. It, right. It's you know, funny. Even his psychology was off. His psychology mm. was off, too. It's funny you two brought up the word stiff. Because I spent the last couple of days binge-watching the first three Tough Enoughs. Yeah. And every kid that had a problem... You hear Al Snow, or you hear Taz, or you hear Chavo say, "Relax, too just stiff. get into yeah. it." The minute you stop thinking about it, the minute you're going to do it correctly, and it always seemed whether it was 1985 or in some cases 1993, Luger's thinking too much. Yeah. Whereas you watch, like, like a, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I know. I know the kids just said, "Hey, stop thinking about it," because there's a formula about having a match. When you get an arm bar, you grab a certain arm. You don't grab any arm. When you get a headlock, you get it on a certain side. You don't get it on that side or this side. You get it on the same side. We do one tackle, drop down, leapfrog, arm dragging, all that stuff. All that stuff is, you know, like it's the same stuff all the time. Right. You know, so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like so a, it's like a martial art kata. It's yeah. one of the things that you, you constantly do. But you so. have to be loose. It's like um, coaching the kids. And even when I was right. playing baseball in high school, don't think about it. Get up there and do what you know how to do. Relax. Just focus on the ball. Don't worry about two outs and two on. Just swing the damn bat. Right. Exactly. And in wrestling, yeah, what I'm, what I saw on that yeah. show and what I see, and I, I, I mentioned Luger and you mentioned Wyndham, Bill. What I, what I see with a guy like Wyndham doesn't even have to think about it. He's been one of my favorites for years. He made my top 20 list. It just seemed like he woke up, got in the ring, did his thing. Got out, went back to sleep. He was that freaking good. Because he was a natural. He adapted to the business so fast. It was so good. It only got better and better and better. And then he started, you know, after years and years, of course, your knees bother you and stuff. But he was one, he was a prime candidate for being, you know, a perfect world-class wrestler. World-class. Whether it was Wyndham, uh, some of my favorites, and we've gone over this list a million times, uh, Wyndham, Hennig, Cripes, oh, uh, Shawn Michaels, Jake Roberts. And uh, one, of, uh, one of my personal favorites, which was also in, in your slew of champions, Mr. Rob Van Dam himself, the whole fucking show, um, give, give me a great story about my man, please, because <laughs> I've heard well, so I'm many good up. ones. Every story he has is going to beat mine. <laughs> We're talking about the whole fucking show, right? No, yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, let's tell you about uh, 
some of the, I've been talking about the world class athletes that I've met, right? Right. Very uh, would work with, not bad work with all these guys, just you know, all these big names. But Van Dam has got something. I say only one of you guys got. He's got that inside there. He's a working fucking guy. Man, this guy can work his ass off. There's stuff that nobody can do. Oh, you see it. And a pretty tough guy. Oh, my God, he's tough. I mean, tough like uh, Bonds, uh, like they and Free and Van Damme were in the strip club, and we were. And uh, I go to sit down, and these guys kind of brush me off and sit down in my section, in my chairs. And, and, ben, and they kind of wanted to, like, fight or something. And I said, Ben, damn, there's three of them. He says, fine, you sit down and watch this. <laughs> so he was going to fuck all three of them up in a matter of seconds. They didn't even know it. But once Ben Dam walked over there and they felt that aura or whatever the fuck he was throwing off, that yang yeah. yang or whatever, that testosterone whatever, these three guys, pretty good-sized guys, as big as Van Damme, there was three of them, they fucking backed down and said, oh, I'm sorry, whatever. They were like pussies. I was like, good, bitch. <laughs> uh, he had that mochismo, but, man. And you know what? He's one of the nice fucking guys, too. He's, got, he's always level-headed. He doesn't get in that rage if he does it for a really short time, and then he gets mad at himself for getting mad, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, which is an offense. He's a righteous guy, like right and wrong. He's on the right side, on the good side, which we all are, else we wouldn't be here. We're mm-hmm. good guys. Right, know, right. Podcast. I'm still, you know, involved in the business. I'm well like, I was a dick. We don't last. Bad people don't last, especially in this industry. Yours too, because you're, uh, 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 it's all about connections. So the reason. Yeah, it's all about it's all yeah, about connections, yeah. and and if you burn bridges, man, you, you ain't traveling them very very far from your hometown. Not at all. Know? And you can burn the bridge in many different ways. Like you can steal something in the dressing room, like go in somebody's wallet. You'll never be back in another dressing room. You can fucking have bad karma. You can like this, you know what I mean? So many yeah. different things you can do. Uh, but uh, what were we talking about? Just uh, the best. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, the whole fucking show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so a story about him, I just talked about him for a minute. So uh, you guys know pick a hand story, right? The what now? Pick a hand. Pick a hand. Oh, I've heard, the, I've heard a story like this before. Oh, shit. Have you heard this? No, I Here haven't. Here we go. Let's have it. Well, it, it involves me. It involves Taz. It involves Van Damme, it involves Sabu, Sandman, everybody was. <laughs> so it's, it's not an easy story to tell because I like Taz. And I don't mean talk about Taz in a negative way, but it just happened. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, we were in like Cleveland or Kentucky or some, somewhere, uh, Columbus, uh, Ohio, somewhere in southern Ohio by the border of Kentucky. Do the pay per view. Sold out, beautiful ECW. Like our 17th one or something. We were fucking, we did 22 of them and all of them was good, I think. And I was on 21 of them. But anyway, so at the end of the fucking pay per view, we're getting ready to go off the air and Van Dam and Taz are in the ring together, two baby faces. And the night's over and they came and beat up the bad guys and they powdered out. So it's Van Dam and, and uh, Taz in the ring and the people were cheering 
dad jumps up on the second rope, turnbuckle, and people, yeah, they cheer. You guys with me? Yeah. Okay. So Van Dam jumps up on the other turnbuckle and gets a bigger cheer. Uh-oh. Right? Because he's a little over the Taz. That's just the fact. Right. Uh, because I'm not saying that. The people are saying that. The people are cheering louder for Van Dam. So anyway, Taz goes up again and they cheer. Then Van Dam goes up again and they cheer. So Taz ends up leaving and he goes back to his dressing room. And he's not very happy what happened in the ring. He thinks, he, he thought that Van Dam was trying to glory hound and get more cheers than Taz. Right. For some reason. I think, it's my opinion. I may be wrong. Taz may take me out or something. But, uh, I don't know. Taz seems you know, a pretty intense know. individual. I, I could buy that. I could definitely buy that. And I, and I like Taz a lot. He's my boy. Uh, and then Taz was talking to Max. Said, you know, and Van Damme was in the other dressing room on the other side of the building. So they weren't together. So Taz was talking a little smack about Van Damme. Hey, Van Damme's a glory hound, or that was my time to shine, or whatever, whatever he said. I'm not sure. So first, uh, first of all, tell a wrestler, tell a craft. So if you tell a wrestler something, it's going to be told to another wrestler in fucking Japan. That's <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> right. Tell a wrestler, tell a craft. So... The guys that were in that dressing room ran to Van Damme and said, oh, Taz was talking smack about you in the dressing room. What? Yeah, about you being a glory hound or whatever. So Van Damme let it go. I didn't even know this was happening. I, you know. So the next week, we fly, Van Damme flies in from Los Angeles. I fly in from Tampa. We meet in Philly. We jump in the car with Sabu or Sabu's Winnebago. He bought a brand new Winnebago. Beautiful. We jump in the car. We're going to New York to do some shows. And Van Damme says nothing about what I just said. Nothing about the guys telling Van Damme, hey, Taz was talking smack. Nothing. Uh, so we walk into the dressing room, and there's Taz sitting down in the chair, and Van Damme drops his back and walks right up to him and says, Pete. And, and Taz says, hey, Van Damme. He says, Pete, pick a hand. Van Damme's got his hands down. And Taz wouldn't take a hand or whatever. Taz didn't know what he was talking about. So Van Damme hit him. Bam! Slapped him. I said, take a hand, motherfucker. And he hit him. He wouldn't take a hand and he hit him again. Bam! And that, if Pete, if Taz would have got up, he probably would have got hurt pretty bad. But, Damn. I, uh, I don't remember where I heard that story. Wow. It might have been Taz's show. I'm not sure. Wow. So, so Van Damme hit him twice. And Taz won't get up, so Van Damme that tells Van Damme one thing, that the guy don't want any piece of Van Damme, so he's not going to keep hitting him. He got his point across. Right. But, I mean, didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. He just sat down on the other side of the dressing room. We got dressed. Damn, that was intense. Wow. <laughs> and there's a guy, there's a guy yeah, most, people, most people would look at Taz and say, I don't want to fuck with that guy. RVD, no and problem. Went, Straight yeah, up. No, exactly. Well, That's- RVD to do that to a lot of guys, not just Taz. You know, that's how tough RVD is. He could, uh, you know, beat probably 95% of the guys in the restaurant. I don't know. I'm he, just he's he's just, a badass. He's built like a RVD. chimney, man. The, oh, the guy is so built like, yeah, he's just, he's, he's just intense. And then the first time I met him in person, he's just like you said, 
the chillest dude you've ever met in your life. You I'm just, embarrassed to say how I met him, but you've heard this story. Yeah, but you just, but just like you said, the karma, he literally has this aura about him. And as soon as you enter into it, it's like you can tell this guy is real. You can mm-hmm. tell that this guy is just everything that he personifies himself in that ring, you know? When you pee next to a human being, you know he's real. Yeah. There you go. And that's how I met Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Someday I'll tell Fonzie that story. I don't know if we should tell it here. Uh, well, you know what? I might as well. I already broke the November to remember, 97. We drove 10 hours from Connecticut to uh, Monaca, Pennsylvania. Great show, by the way. You were fantastic. The whole show was great. But we're waiting outside Thank for you. six hours waiting for the show. Um, the first time I had to go to the bathroom, I went around the back of the building. I'm near the satellite truck. I hear footsteps. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm busted. Turn around real quick. It's Rob Van Dam. Well, hot shit. Oh, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. So he stands a few feet from me, little RVD. He takes it out, and he starts to piss. I'm like, hey, Rob, how are you? Hey, man, I'm pretty good. How are you? Good to see you. Where'd you come here from? Oh, Connecticut. We're pissing and talking, (laughs) like violating man rule rule number six right there. And I look at Right next to you. The yeah, whole, right. The whole fucking penis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as we got we got done. I'm shooting the shit with him. We don't shake hands because we're just holding our members in our hands a minute earlier. And his eyes are glassy as hell. I'm like, so um, you smoking right now? He goes, no, I just got off a plane from Japan. That's why my eyes are glassy. But I'll have one after the show. I'm like, well, shit, I can't wait around for that. It's nice to meet you. Ran around front and. Had a good time. That's six hours before the show. And he was just so cool. He said, we shot the shit for 10 minutes out by the satellite trucks. It was really cool. Oh, great. The second time I peed that wow. night wasn't so good because I made fun of Taz as he walked in the building. <laughs> they let me in to go to the bathroom, and Taz walked into the bathroom. I have never seen oh. shrinkage that quick in my life. It was – I've told that story before. Yeah, Ta- Taz is an intense individual. I'll tell you what, man. That guy – that guy is one of those I made, I made fun of Taz as he walked down. I think it was his girlfriend at the time, not yet his wife. And I'm calling him out and this and that and the other thing and <coughs> calling him short. I'm 5'10", he's 5'8". No big deal, right? It, it doesn't seem like a lot. When he's standing next to you, I felt four foot two. And the only thing he said was, you're not talking now, are you, brother? Nope. Nope, no sir. I'm out. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not saying a word. Hey, Taz is a real badass. You watch him in, in a lot of those uh, pay-per-views and all his big matches, man. He does some freaking badass shit. Oh, yeah. And he's got legs. And that oh. guy's got legs. Tree trunks. Yes. He's really a tough guy. He's really a super, super tough guy. But, but again, uh, he's not as tough as Van Damme. Yeah, and a say, bunch of them are. For him to, back s- to Van Damme, step down says something about back to Van Damme. We, we talk about all those guys, the Wyndham. Uh, Van Damme's one of my favorite reps. I think my favorite guy of all time. Wow. I, I love him. I love him. Great I guy. I agree with Blair and everybody, everybody. You can imagine. Um, but I think Van Damme's my favorite to be in the ring with. You know, I, I'm, I have a feeling we should stick with the ECW because I think there's going to be a lot of stories here. And if Bill come, wants to come back for a part two, we could do that because I have the, the million-dollar question. You were a referee from 78 till, oh, my Lord, the end of 94, 95-ish. You came into ECW. You were the, I'm calling it down the middle. Nothing's going to get by me, Daddy. And then Taz turns, and you become Taz's well, manager. 
Well, I was in WWF. Yes. Right. With Giant Collins, the tallest pro athlete on the planet at the time. Nobody bigger. Badass, fucking beautiful. I was with him in WCW. I was his personal assistant for three years. Did you guys know that? I, I thought it was Whippleman. Somebody told me it was Whippleman, but if it was you, that's even better. Whippleman, Whippleman managed him on stage and in the ring. That's correct. Okay. Never. Me and the Giant were uh, um, they came from Argentina to play basketball for Atlanta Hawks. They spotted them over in Europe, Europe play basketball. They wanted to come play for the Hawks. So they flew him over. They spent a year getting his weight down. He had been playing European basketball for a long time. So his knees were starting to go a little bit. Yeah. So tried to get him in shape, and they, they couldn't. They spent a year on him, and then he couldn't pass the physical inspection. He could play in the NBA, but only for like four or five minutes a game. You know what I mean? Full force. They yeah. need him for... You know, 18 minutes for a game. So they said, hey, we Ted Turner owns the Hawks. He owns CNN. He owns Atlanta. He owns the Braves. He owns fucking this and that. And he owns WCW. Some wrestling. The giant says, wrestling? What the heck is that? You know? And he said, no, they'll pay you. They'll train you. And so the giant was interested. And they said, another year, they sent him to Florida, my hometown, to train them. Hero Matsuda for WCW. And they trained him, and, they, and then when he was ready to make his debut, he needed somebody to be with him 24-7 to fly him and drive him around the United States and help him, you know, right. airports, every his best friend, because uh, he couldn't drive. It was too big, you know. Uh, he just needed a buffer. And that was perfect for me and Dusty Lovey. Dusty was a booker. He said, Fonzie, um, we're going to put you with Giant uh, Gonzalez. And I was already refereeing full time, making six figures, and they added another big paycheck to me. They didn't even have to pay me to take care of the Giants because we became best friends in fucking six months. We were together three years, literally 24 hours a day, basically. We never got the same room. We always got two rooms at the Marriott, but you know what I mean? I was right, right. next door to him. He'd call me at three in the morning. Hey, Fonzie, I'm hungry. Couldn't you give me a couple of hamburgers? Of course, that was my job. They fucking paid me six <laughs> figures plus. Pretty fucking cool, daddy. I got to get so, a job like that. And all right. I'd go. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I want some damn cheeseburgers. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know how many perks that we got? <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. Talk about perks, guys. I'm talking about perks like, uh, so, the Turner owned everything. So they said, hey, Giants, uh, they sent them a message. You and Fonzie, they want you at the Braves game. And Turner's box seats where Turner sits with the president. You know, he'll... President Carter, whoever the fuck it was at the time. So the camera would pan over during the Braves game and say, hey, look, even look, the Giant likes yeah. to come do the Braves game. They won't say Giant and Fonzie. They would just <laughs> say, hey, look at the ape Giant from wrestling. And he comes and sees the game. Right. And they had him on all the fucking, you know, pre-show, all kind of uh, different things. Uh, uh, well, Ted Turner owned everything back then. Movies. I mean, right. everything, man. Yeah. yeah. 
You could throw him on the beginning of any classic movie. Hello, I'm the great Kali. Get ready to okay, watch Godzilla. I, I have a follow-up question to this now because I was asking about you know getting started with the ECW and the turn and becoming the manager of champions. But you're, and you're talking about Giant Gonzalez. When you, well, that he, follows the story. That, no, no, no I, I'm uh, with you. I'm with you, Bill. I'm with you. But the, the follow-up okay. question goes like this. He obviously your run-ins in WWF, his run-ins in WWF. You go to ECW. Why didn't George come with you? Okay, because he wasn't here. Yeah, or he went home to Argentina. Okay, okay. So, so anyway, so we. I'll make it short, and then get to, we get to ECW. So we went WCW together for two years, whatever it was. So his contract was. I'm just going to give you these numbers. They're not accurate. Say. 300 for the first year, 400 for the second year, 500 for the third year. That wasn't unheard of. That was probably, right. probably pretty close. That's top guy so money right guy there. That's, that's pretty good rookie, that's rookie season. That's Turner money. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so the company was a little bit in the red, and they brought a guy, and his name was Jim Hurd. Okay, this is where I'm going to go to the bathroom. I can't listen about Jim Hurd. I'm kidding. Jim Hurd screwed everything so up. He, oh, I know. They... they him to cut or pay scale. So they came up to me and a giant, Jim Hearn, said, hey, we want you to take a pay cut, but you still got a job. And so we can't pay you the 500. We can only pay you three or whatever. And the giant, you think about it. So the giant comes, hey, Ponzi, do you know anybody in WWF? Or we can go to Japan, or we can go to WWF, or I can go play basketball again. You know, I don't want to stay here and take a pay cut. I said, well, I know J.J. Dillon. He was Dusty's assistant booker in Florida, Champions of Wrestling. I know right. him very well. He loves him. He said, we'll call him up and tell him what happened. So I called WWF office. Hey, hey did Dylan, please? Who's calling Fonzie? Hey, I, I, did, I think I was going to have a hard time getting through. You know what I mean? It's a big fucking corporation there, the Titan Tower. So, Jay said, hey, Fonzie, how you doing? Oh, my God. How's everything? How's your family? What, what can I do for you? I said, hey, being a giant that wants to think about this, told him what I told you. Take his pay cut. We don't want to. Do you think Vince, and we're just weighing our options out to see. I said, we can go to Japan. We can go back and play Argentine football. I mean, European football. Or if you guys are interested, we can come up there. It'd be a joint. It'd be a package deal. I was assistant plus other referees. Okay, Fonzie. Let me run it by Vince, but you know what I mean? We'll get back with you. So we hung up the phone. And I said, giant. Uh, maybe they're going to call us and he's got to talk to Vince. And 15 minutes later, the fucking phone ring is JJ. Hey, when can you guys come up? I wow. said, well, we're at my parents' house in Florida because he had a little operation on his foot. He had like a spur or something in his foot. Uh, so he said, can you guys come up to ours? I said, yeah. So they flew us both up first class, right? Limo picked us up, took us to not Titan Towers. That's WWF headquarters, right? Right, right. up to 95? Yep. Yep. You guys passed, right? All the time. So we passed right by it. We passed right by it. And I'm saying, damn, where are we going? We're going to Vince's house. Oh, shit. So we go, me and the sign takes us to Vince Man's house. Beautiful fucking mansion. Fucking, oh, my God, beautiful. Has a fucking three fucking maids, whatever. So we go in. There's JJ. Vince comes in. Hey, how you doing, Giant? Hey, Fonzie. Oh, I'm seeing you. You're athletic. Boom, boom. So we explain the situation. and They have their meeting. And the giant says to Vince, hey, Vince, um, they, I got to go back to WCW. Now, Vince wants to hire us. 
I got to go back to WCW because they still owe me $60,000 for, you know, my pay because I've, you know, been off a week getting my fucking spur and I haven't got paid to do whatever. They owe me 60 grand. And Vince says to the Giants, he says, Giants, don't even go back to WCW. JJ, write him a check for 60000 That's a signing bonus. Hot so shit. he didn't even want to go back to WCW. Wow. So the Giants says to Vince, hey, Vince, I haven't, this is like, uh, November. He said, I haven't been home for Christmas in three years. Can I start in January? He says, of course. Gives me time to work on the gimmick. So they say, he goes to Argentina, and uh, uh, Vince says, Bonzi, do you want to start in January, too? I said, no, sir. He says, J.J., put in the work. He says, Adam, do the cheat. So J.J. put me right on the existing booking sheet, which was booked for a month. Put me in Madison Square, fucking all these big places. I was so I worked for two months before the Giant came in. Then the Giant came in, and we had our run there. Giant Gonzalez, he could, he wasn't a good worker either. He did, if he didn't have the Giant size, he, yeah, you know he didn't work a lick. Mm-hmm. God bless him, but his size saved him like like Lucas saved him. Right. Uh, so we, we were there about a year. We did we just missed WrestleMania eight. We did WrestleMania nine, and then the Giant. His knees were starting to give, and he was starting to get diabetes a little bit. So he said, fuck, I made so much money, I'm going to just go home, Bonzi. And, you know, we had the meeting with Vince, and Vince gave him the blessing, okay, because his health was starting to go down. He died several years later, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Uh, so so I, so uh, the Giant went back to Argentina, and I stayed in WWF. I kept refereeing and doing my thing, Mr. Giant, but, you know, I had a secure job. So uh, oh, a time goes by, and Vince, some of Vince's staff comes up to me and says, Fonzie, the, our biz, our, the, the houses are down. The whole wrestling industry is down. We're going to have to let you go for a little bit because you were the last one of the ones we hired. So, and, uh, so I was a little hurt, but as I went up to, so they didn't give me no notice. I, they were like firing me that night. So I go up to Vince, Vince, they fucking just told me I was fucking fired. He says, what? That's, they didn't handle that right, Fonzie. You're well liked. He says, that's not the deal. You want to give it two weeks? Well, I'm going to give you a big, huge uh, severance package. And when business picks back up, you got a full-time job with us. And meantime, if we come to Florida, you work any Florida shows, Miami Beach Convention Center, Tampa, whatever. I said, okay, thank you. And he gave me a fucking huge severance pay. So now this is, here's where we go to ECW. This is my first time being off without a job in freaking from 1978 to 1994 or 95. That's a long 15, time. 16 years, am I doing my math right? Yeah. yeah. That, that's crazy, right? And that's, so that's I don't know what to do with myself. I got a house. Right, right, yeah. I'm yeah. at my parents' house next door. I'm cutting. I'm, I've been off now for two months. I'm still wound up. I, You know what I mean? You I, do like Michael I Jordan to play baseball. Nobody wants to do like <laughs> Michael Jordan like that. Not yeah. You know what? You know what? Jack Briscoe dropped that he was a world champion, NWA world champion before Flair and all those guys before Harley Race and all those guys. Yeah. When he dropped the strap, whoever he dropped it for, Harley Race, whoever, he went home and didn't leave his property for. He said it took him a year to unwind. He said Jerry Briscoe would, his brother would bring him food and all. He was a big college basketball. Mm-hmm. He enjoyed being fucking solid. It took a year to unwind. Fuck, it does. It took me a long time. 
so anyway, I'm on my tractor. I'm cutting fucking the orange trees and doing all kind of shit. My buy bag is having a good time. So the phone rings, and it's Paul Heyman, one of my dear friends I've known for years. I helped him in Florida in the early 80s. Um, and then I worked with him in WCW, and we were really we liked each other. So he calls me. The, the phone rings, and it's Paul Heyman. Hey, I ain't talked to Paul in a long time. He's a big star. He's, you know, Paulie Dangerously uh, manages Rick Rude and Steve Austin and all these people. Uh, doing good. She says, hey, Fonzie, how you doing? He says, hey, I have this um, I have this company in Philadelphia. It's called ECW. I said, what the fuck is an ECW? Now, I've <laughs> never worked a fucking... I've only worked for five major companies. That's it. All of them big. So I didn't know... So, he said, oh, this little company. He said, you just left fence. I got this little thing. Would you come up and do it? And I said, oh, yeah, of course I will. So I went up. And the deal was I was supposed to come in for four weeks uh, as the fresh out of WWF, bow tie, uh, uh, blue shirt, beautiful, uh, sports entertainment. I want the doctor, his wife, and the two kids at ringside. I don't want... 18 guys, the age of 18 to 32. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was anti-violence. I was commissioned by the uh, sports, uh, the athletic commission by Pennsylvania, New York. So I came in there to stop all their violence. You know, he said it was all violence. So the people naturally hated me. And these were smart marks. You know that that name, smart yep. mark? So they knew me from. I was uh, still on fucking WWF tapes. They watched me on Monday night. So anyway, I got so much heat at the end of the four weeks. Paulie said, "Fonzie, I can't send you home now." And he paid me real well and flew me back and forth, you know, from Tampa to Philly. And uh, so he put me with Taz, and then we had a really nice run, really nice run. And uh, Taz did a lot for me. And and, the, and I did a lot for Taz. We kind of made each other him a little more than me. But uh, and then we wouldn't have led up to the first pay per view, barely legal. That's when I switched with uh, Sabu. Mm-hmm. Now that turn, I have to so tell you, that's how, that's how I got ECW. Yep, as a fan of ECW, from the first time we got on television here, I want to say in early '94. Bill Alfonso comes in. You're calling it right down the middle. There's This should be a disqualification. You hear Joey Styles. There's no DQs in ECW. Oh, my God. And the whole rigmarole. When Taz makes that turn and you are off to the side, you and Todd Gordon had it out, and he's like, what about me? You know who cared about me? Bill Alfonso cared about me. He gave me money. He helped I me pay money. I'm doing an interview with you. I called him every day, Daddy. That's right. <laughs> and you're on the ropes at one point, uh, making it rain. Like I gave him money, Daddy. I gave him money. I helped him out. Oh, that was that was one of the best heel turns. And turning a referee, uh, fuck Danny Davis, turning a referee into an evil character was genius. And at that time, at that place, in that promotion, that was spot yeah, on. Absolutely. Right place at the right time. Yep, and I, and I told you when I talked over. to you, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago. This was the story I was most interested in for you to tell the people because I'm sure there's layers to it. You knew Paul. You you rode with Todd. You eventually became tight with Taz. Now you're getting a little more oomph. 
you, now you, you're, you go from managing Taz to managing Sabu to RVD to all three of them at once. I mean, that's got to be quite the change. Well, it, it was quite the change, but um, unexpected. But it, it just happened and consistent. You know, one one week, the next week, the next week, boom, we get and the, uh, uh, it was that was a lot uh, a lot to swallow. But I did, I would have had already been in the business so long, it was like natural progression for me. I fit right in, and I was just kind of being myself, kind of like a Fonzie, but a little bit hyper. And Paul Heyman knew, and Todd knew exactly what to do with me. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, right. do this fine. And they knew I was a little bit hyper. You know, uh, to turn it up a little bit, Daddy. You know, to give me all these things and, uh, and shit. So it kind of just worked out fucking great, man. How lucky was I? But you know what? We can talk about it. People can hear these stories, and even they can watch it on tape. But they still can't get that. Go back to 1997 or whatever it was. You had to be there to feel it. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. You know, you had to be there to feel it. Like that fucking Bob Wire match with uh, uh, Terry Funk and Sabu. You had to be there. Mm-hmm. All those crazy uh, lights out, lights on. You know, that sounds so ordinary. But and there's, a, you know, maximum 2,000 people in that building, if that. I don't even know if it was mm-hmm. 2,000 or whatever. But that place was just electric. You had to be there to believe it and to see it. And, and now I don't think we yeah. get turns like that anymore. No, um, you, you definitely don't. I was going to say, I, just recently with taking my boys out to some wrestling events, uh, when they were growing up as kids, it was, you know, it was John Cena, all these big names. But it was never... Like, I remembered going there as a teen, the pop and just everything about it, the mm-hmm. smell, the ambiance, just, just being there. It was larger than life. You, oh, yeah. You never got that feeling. And ever. the one thing that Bill was talking about, um, you, you can't go back. They can watch it now on the network, which you can get at lokiandjabroni.com forward slash wrestling. The first 45 days are free, and you get the next pay-per-view for free if you use our code. Cheap plug, got to do it. Uh, going back to that to that turn, or when the lights go out and Brian Pillman pops up in an ECW ring, or those great montages at the end of the show where Joey Styles turns around, it's like, oh shit, you're Steve Austin. Those surprises were what made that show so exciting and so unpredictable. And some of my favorite stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I told Fonzie this on the phone a couple weeks ago, his promos with Taz. Or even with RVD and Sabu, some of the best and most funniest and most memorable, where you got, you know, thick as a brick Taz standing right here, and Bill Alfonso's going from shoulder to shoulder, knock the chip off of this shoulder, or this shoulder, daddy, you can't do it, because you got to get through my man. I can't do a good Bill Alfonso impression, I apologize, Bill. But, but you had to be there to enjoy yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. You know, talking about it, and I remember that promo like it was yesterday, daddy, you you're bringing back memories. Uh, all good. Uh, fuck, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, you had to be there to enjoy it. We mm-hmm. can watch it back on tape now, uh, even the wrestling fan, but they might get into it. Maybe it's uh, because people are still talking about, not me, but still talking about ECW a lot. Sure. And, and ECW was a they, different, it was a different feel, though, man. It was a completely, like, you had your mainstream, right? Yes, yes. Good, black good term. Market, good term. Underground black market cultish, uh, you know, fucking all those combined. 
Absolutely. crazy. That's yeah. why we still get a following. That's why they're using me today. That's why I demand a fucking uh, talent fee when I do a podcast. That's why when I go do these shows, like I'm going to go to Lord, uh, Legends of the Ring and, and uh, Monroe, New Jersey, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I'm doing four shows in three days. Yeah. There, that's why. Because, um, you know, ECW, that's why I'm working. I just did like a 30-date uh, verbal contract with AIW out of Cleveland, which is fantastic for me. I love AIW. Speaking of them, they got this kid named Matthew Justice. He's badass, brother. He's just like Van Damme in a way. And he's, he is their RVD of AIW. I think I've been up there twice, and I'm going up there. I'm 26, and then I, I got my 30 dates after that. I'll check uh, that out, man. At least once, twice a month. They're pretty pretty cool. They do, I think, they're, the way they're making the money and shit. They draw five, every show I've been on, they draw 500 people plus. Um, and I think they mainstream their lives, their shows, and you can buy them online or, you know, whatever, like nine ninety five. dollars Yeah. But they do really well, so they have no problem buying me up or putting me in a hotel. But that's all because of ECW. That's not right. because of Florida. Well, hell, even even the chant, right? Even the chant at WWE right now, the holy shit chant. That that's classic ECW right there, man. That was that was. Oh, oh there's no doubt. There's no doubt. So ECW has that big cult. So Ty Gordon and I are doing that show in Monroe, uh, New Jersey, Legends of the Ring. It's just me and him from ECW. And I guarantee you. That there be a ton of ECW people there. Oh, and absolutely. They're, they're, yeah, everywhere I go, even the young guys, like when I walk in the dressing room with the AIW, all the young guys, they all put me over and treat me like I'm a fucking superstar. Wow, they spread the well, court, you know. Spread the kind of are, Bill. <laughs> I mean, you, you've you've probably all both with with the absolute best of the best, the, the cream of the crop, my friend. Ric Flair, I mean, Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, Rob Van Dam, Shane Douglas, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Uh, I'm, I'm probably missing more than I'm listing. Right. But again, all those names connected in one way or another with Bill Alfonso. Hey. Name your top 20 of the list. I want to hear it. Oh, for the love of Pete, they're, they're at the old studio. Um, I'll send you a picture. I oh, have you it. got them on the top of your head. You got both of them because I'll tell a short – I'll tell a 30-second story about each guy you name. All right. I'll, I'll give you – I remember my top five. I'll start with number one, Ric Flair. Oh, the nature boy? Mm-hmm. Fuck, brother. What are, he, he was really Ric Flair. He was really the nature boy. Okay, daddy? Yeah. No, absolutely. He, he was real. All right. Uh, number two was Bret Hart. Bret Hart, a fucking great worker, and he was over when I was with him in '93. Um, uh, he was fantastic. He was over the Hitman, the Pink, the Sunglasses, all that. Man, he was main event. You know, him and Yokozuna had some unbelievable matches. Yeah, they did. Um, him, him, uh, him, and I, uh, and his brother who passed away got killed. Um, oh, and God bless them. We uh, did some road trips. Both of them class guys. Badass workers, too. Okay. Number three was Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was in the main events for so long, brother. He was there in 93, and he was fucking uh, did so many WrestleMania main event and a working fool. Good mm-hmm. super kick. 
Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good guy. Refereed a lot of his matches. I like well, One of the best ever, in my opinion, heel turns. Yes, when, with that when, barbershop. When he put Marty Jannetty through through the barbershop, it's still to this you're day. Ne- again, like we talked about with Bill and Taz, you're never going to get those moments again because it we've just seen the it shit all. out of you. Yeah. You were just like, what just happened? Did did he just super right. kick Marty Jannetty? Mm-hmm. And then uh, right. sensational Sherry, not Sherry not with- very often with the with the hearts and uh, her yes. taking that. I mean, you you'll never see that, man. You'll never see that. <sighs> so good ever again. I'm hoping you have a wholesome story for number four because number four is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I just saw him and spent the day with him. He still <coughs> looks fantastic. He still looks yeah. like Bruce Lee. He's yes. like a he's like a um, he's like a ninja guy. He floated around that ring, jumped from the canvas to the turn, top of the turnbuckle in one leap, and like a Spider-Man type thing. He had the most. He probably had the best matches with Rick. I mean, Flair had matches with Wyndham. Everybody great, but him and Steamboat had some classic, classic matches. Yes. He's and probably one of the of- one of the only older guys I think could still pull it off if he was just like just a if he cu- put the trunks back on. It was just okay, like yeah, just I'll jump a, in the ring again. Just a couple years ago at WrestleMania, Steamboat threw those tights on and mm-hmm. went out there with Jericho and was basically the top performer in that match. Yeah. I, I'm going to give a tip of the hat to Jericho, but you had Snooka, Piper, and Steamboat against Jericho, and Steamboat lit it up. Just you, absolutely you, lit it you up. Know, you can look at some of those older guys who are obviously they're done or past the prime, whatever, mm-hmm. which ones still right. can't help go to the gym, and who give it up. Yeah. You can tell. There's a reason Flair went till he was 58, because he could still go. And he looked good doing it. Oh, yeah. All right, and number five, don't know how much you got to work with him, but number five on my list was Bob Backlund. I worked with Bob, of course I have. Bob, Bob Backlund is really fine. Um, he was uh, a good rep for professional wrestling. He was a real guy. He was a milk and cookies type guy. He was great PR. Referee, uh, um, many of his matches. Well, I he met still him. Still is. Um, oh, yeah. With Vince used to send guys down to Florida in the 80s. They would come down to vacation for like a week or two. I mean, everybody from Pat Patterson, everybody, even Dick Crow, the referee up there. Remember him, Dick Crow? Yes, yes. Uh, he would come down. He, his sister lived in Lakeland, which is 30 minutes from Tampa, and Eddie would use him for the two weeks he was on vacation here, let him referee and stuff, uh, make the money. So Vince and all those guys down. He does wow. a hell of a chicken wing, doesn't he, Chris? Yeah. Yes, he does. And, and yeah. two, after he put yeah. me in the chicken wing, two nights later at a book signing, he showed me how to use that backland wheel. And let me tell you, if you've never tried the backland wheel, that hurts. But when you're done, yep. you know you've had an exercise. So with and the, he could do hundreds. I know. I, yeah. could do, oh. I, did, I did three and tapped out. Yeah, I would tap out too after about 50. Um <laughs> Uh, his, he drank so much fucking carrot juice, his skin turned orange. He carried around a blender. He carried around a blender and uh, a whole big bunch of carrots. Every fucking time I've seen him, he had blend his fucking carrots and drink it. He said, fine, this is the best thing for you. He, he's and the real deal. We, we, we weren't allowed to curse when he was on the show. Yeah. No. 
Yep. He had, he had a specific yeah. list we had to follow. No, and in fact, um, a year later, we all got honored at the uh, Connecticut Hall of Honor, and Bob was an inductee, and we were inductees, and they had a comedian there that was doing some blue comedy. Bob packed his stuff. He's like, I'm not staying here. This wasn't – I told you I'm a wholesome human being, and yeah. I'm out. He came over before he left and shook our hands like, I'm sorry, boys, but I have to go. Yeah, I'll never forget that. He's, he's real as the day is long. He I love that is. guy. Okay, you hit the five list. All right. Hey, so look, we've been talking over an hour. I haven't even begun to tell good stories. We're going to wrap this up in a minute, and we're going to see if you guys want me back because I haven't touched about Barry Windham getting shot. Whoa! Right before he had to wrestle Holy Race for 60 minutes. Wow. Just tell you about right I first shooting an alligator swimming across the lake to get him. I uh, didn't tell you about Angela Mosca pissing on somebody. Oh, my God. I got some stories. We have begun, and here's the deal. They're all real. If they're off a little bit, it's because I don't remember. You know, I've had a... Hey. Uh, no, we'll, uh, alcohol uh, will do that to you, man. Professional wrestling's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I'll tell you this. So, somebody who is a fan of our show who drives a tractor-trailer truck comes to my place of business once a month... Uh, has been, you know, hey, when are you going to have a wrestler on? When are you going to have a wrestler on? I'm like, hey, we have Bill Alfonso on Tuesday night. Can't wait to see it. Wrestlers are the most truthful human beings on earth. And you know Absolutely. what? And everybody, including you, Bill, that we've interviewed, they're right. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I, got, I got a quick one for you. I got a quick okay, one great. for you. Um, I don't know if you've noticed lately, one of, one, of the, one of the top wrestlers that I think is finally getting his due, his just due finally, um, Baron Corbin. What do you think about Baron Corbin personally? I know you probably haven't worked with him, but he's been. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even comment on him. I've never. I, I don't. I haven't seen him much. Um, I don't really know who he is. I've never met him. I don't think. I, I might have. I mean, I've met so many people, and, and uh, uh, I've only met him a few times. Sometimes I don't remember, but uh, I'm sure if he's getting a good push, I can speak on this. And not even know the guy. They don't push Baron because he's Baron. They push him because he's a fucking talented guy. Right. You know what I mean? There's no nepotism. His dad's not Vince McMahon. His uncle's not Dusty Rhodes. He's not good friends with Ric Flair. He's a hell of a worker. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the reason why I brought him up is because of that, because he is a very hard worker. You got to be more than a hell of a worker. You got to be great in the ring. You got to dress like a superstar. You got to be cool when you're walking through the airport. You got to conduct yourself consistently for a long time because it's easy. You know why the guys don't make it? Because they crack after about a year or two. They can't hit on the road or they do something stupid. Oh, well. That's yeah. But and that's what they're waiting for. That's the bear. He's pretty fucking uh, legitimate if they're giving him the push because they don't do that unless you're a world class wrestler. Mm-hmm. That's, see, see that, listeners? You just heard it from Bill himself. Yep. That That is the push that he deserves because he gets it because he worked his ass that's off. And right. that's from the man himself. Bill, so. I, I, know you get, I know you need to wrap up, but I'll be in touch sometime in the next couple weeks, and we'll do part two. I mean, you could be, if you wanted to, you'd come on every month and share we'll some just, great we'll stories. We'll just call it the stories. That's we'll right. just call it the stories, and you just go to town. I got three people right now that are affiliated with uh, iHeartRadio, uh, another one for uh, another radio. They're all in the sports and shit. 
They all want me to start my own podcast, so you better give me fucking why I'm free agent, daddy. <laughs> you bet your ass, Bill. And next time, one one request. Bring the whistle. All right, daddy. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Thank you, Bill, so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bill Alfonso, and he will be coming back before you know it. Thank you so much once again, Bill. This was fun. Can't, can't wait to hear some more of these stories. Thank you for your time so much, my man. We really appreciate it. You guys did really good. And, uh, hey, anybody listening out there, I really appreciate you guys listening. And if you know anything about me, um, what's my stuff? Thank you so much. And myself and, and uh, Todd Gordon, uh, the 21st is Saturday in Monroe, New Jersey. We're going to be at the Legends of the Ring. Um, come by and say hello to me. And if you say that you just listened to me on the podcast, I'll give you an 8 by 10 There you go, guys. That is beautiful right there. The Jersey Shore, you hear that? Listeners from Jersey, go down there and see him and get an 8 by 10 Come on. Come on. Hey, that's real. Thank you guys for paying for him, though. <laughs> we had to pay for him. Hell yeah, bill us. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take the hit. No problem. No problem. Hey, call me, man. It was a pleasure. I like you guys. You guys are knowledgeable. Thank you for putting me over like a million dollars, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Hey, call all me right. before two weeks. Putting you over was easy, man, and it's a pleasure. Exactly. Anytime. Thank you again, Bill. We'll be, so much, we'll guys. be talking to you soon. Yeah, you got. All right, brother. Good night. Wow. What do you think? As usual, you know, we 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 only bring on class, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've I don't think we've had a shit ass guest. We've had we've had guests with questionable pasts, and uh, we yeah couldn't, that that one guy never made it on the show. Right. We couldn't we couldn't bring <laughs> up said questionable past because of what they were going through at the time. But even then, you found out just through talking to them in interviews that it was all bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, once again, we can't say anything better than that. I mean, the guy is just absolutely, you know, there's a, a lot of questions that I'm sure I had, you know, remaining, which I did. And oh, I'm of sure course. there's a lot of questions you had remaining, which was it. Um, he is one of those guys that is from the past like he is he's like what what i like to consider a relic weapon you know what i'm saying sure it's it's knowledgeable you can't it's it's irreplaceable there's nothing better than it on this planet. and once you get your hands on it you never want to let it go and it's something like that that just the knowledge that he brings and the and the history that he brings back just like he said six generations of wrestlers that he's touched man. easily that's, that's insane and, and we brought up just four on our list for crying out loud that we could barely you know and we didn't want to go outside of our jurisdiction like you the, said right. just because of that reason you know so it's because Bobo Brazil wasn't my lifetime or your lifetime. No. By the time we saw Bobo <laughs> and Brazil, even, even really Gorilla Monsoon wasn't really our lifetime. No. He was his time no. had passed. Right, lifetime was exactly. You, know, you, you uh, just even, said it's our lifetime. Even it's, Bruno, it's past. Uh, Bruno, yeah, San Martina, same, same thing. He was retired at that point. You know, there but was, Bruno would they would Bruno. He would come, he back. come back. No, he would. When, Savage when, when in someone, Hartford Civic Center. When someone needed a lesson, yes, Bruno, Bruno was there. Absolutely. My only. My only knowledge of Bobo Brazil, which is funny because it was the same show I saw Gorilla Monsoon. They did like a Legends tag team match, and it was Bobo and Gorilla <laughs> in one corner. And I think it was Captain Lou Albano, and I can't remember, uh, Tony Altimore in the other corner. Like, long retired. Albano, by that point, was 
slovenly and it was his gimmick, but it was pedestrian. The match was like, okay, we get to see yeah. these legends. Yay, bring out Bob Backlund and Greg Valentine. Yeah, all you, you know, got to do is bring just get the up there guys. and get the sign. Because think, think of the things we miss. So you brought up Gorilla Monsoon. So we, we weren't there for when he got in the ring with Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And that stuff doesn't really happen anymore. I know. Like what you had Austin Mr. Tyson. You had Mr. T, but we knew that what, what that was. Yeah. This was a real boxer in the ring with yeah. a wrestler. When does that happen anymore? Other than right. Austin Tyson, it doesn't. No. No, it really doesn't. And even that was magic. Oh, and you know what I wanted to uh, bring up, too? Because uh, uh, Bill is probably maybe the third guest who has said for as much shit people talk on Vince McMahon, if it wasn't for him, wrestlers would get Horowitz, paid. Backlund, I, I, and now Bill Alfonso. I was going to say, so, yeah, so for the people actually out there that do talk shit on Vince McMahon, you got to give it to the guy. He's He literally just said, hey, 60000 for you to not, not go back to WCW, there's your fucking signing bonus. Yeah. And, and which is odd when I listen to that story because Vince has always been a guy that you read all these books and finish out your dates, do what you have to do on the way out, do the right thing, and we'll take care of you when you get here. But, you know, George says, or Giant Gonzalez, for those of you, and I don't, I don't want to go back, but they owe me this money. Here, write him a check, JJ. Right. Brr- Here's sixty. Here's sixty thousand. Wipe your ass with this check. Jesus! Wow! Yeah! Wow! Exactly. exactly. If anybody's read Flair's book, just look at the business overall. Though, if you really think about it, like Vince Junior is the one that really got these wrestlers paid. Yes, and and again, there's more stories. He really loves the wrestlers too. That's the other thing. There's even Bret Hart will tell you that. Undertaker will tell you. Oh yeah. You know, Flair in his book tells a story when he first came in in '91 as the real world champion. You know, I'm going to catch a lot of heat. You know, send me the belt. Do your thing. Whatever. He comes up, and he's he's got tax problems. Vince writes him a check, says, we'll take a little bit out of your check every week, but here's the money. I don't want to say that if, if yeah. you've ever read To Be the Man, go to Amazon.com, buy it from Loki and Jabroni, do your thing. Um, he said, here's a check. I'll take a little bit out each week, but here, you're right. doing me a service. They wanted Flair in 88 for the first SummerSlam, and they couldn't get him. So... You know, Vince yeah. takes care of those who takes care of him. Um, you can look at Hogan. You can look at Warrior after 12 years of being ostracized, being given the king's welcome. Dude, you can you can you can look at any of them. Any of Ken Patera after jail, it, the king's welcome. It's maybe I'm wrong. You guys would know better than I would, but it's just my impression that most of the people that are negative about Vince McMahon are the ones that held the attitude of CM Punk. They're, Maybe, they're my, they're they're like, my, like we're, we're, we're the reason WWE is so good. They're my, no, they're my I don't new think terms. That's some, I don't think that's something you tell Vince. They're, they're edge lord, Cody Rhodes, hobos. Yeah, yeah. Cody Rhodes. Oh, oh, my life is so tragic. Like I per- personally, Vince McMahon can suck my dick. That rich motherfucker. Shane like, personally, I like I, Shane I, Douglas, but that's Shane Douglas. But that is Shane Douglas. Yeah. Personally, when we talked to I him that night, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, Jenny, but we when he did that pay-per-view with us at Arugas 32, which is closing in a week, please go down and get your wings. I can't believe that. Their wings I know. are terrible, though. Come on. The only thing I they actually had, liked the only thing those they tall did beers good, for six bucks. The tall beers for six bucks, and when they when they actually had it, their lobster mac and mm-hmm. cheese. When they actually had it. Not a mac and okay. cheese fan, but I ate the shit out of that. But oh, when we, 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 we talked to Shane Douglas. We each went over, spent our... 10, 20 minutes with Shane. Yep. And 
you know, he's he's critiquing everything on the pay per view, which I was too. I happened to talk to him. There was a terrible, Randy it was Orton a terrible Worm. fucking. Oh, that house thing. That house. Oh, match. Even, yeah. even Randy made fun of that yep. recently. Did you see that? He yes. was like, so he goes, so wait a minute, you're bringing back Sister Abigail. Didn't I burn her stupid ass in that yep. fucking barn that we had that ridiculous it, fight in? It's one thing if Shane had sat there and said, you know, this match is trash and here's why. And he's he knows better than we do. But as soon as, you know, we're talking about how trash the match is, what you think of the last match? match last match was great. He launches into, you know what the problem with Vince is? Yeah. Okay. He makes a billion dollars a year. I mean, I, I don't get it. But Fonzie just spent... 20 minutes putting over Vince McMahon like a million bucks. Right, right. Or a billion bucks, however you want to put it. I would have to, like I said, real knows real. Yeah. And, and we said that for and years. And Bill Afonso seems like he's legit. He knows real. Um, you know, we got to bring him back. I got to say, you know, it's, gotta uh, we've had back. Shane on the show, but, you know, Shane, Shane is all about Shane. Well, he's never gotten back to us. He did the, uh, was it, I don't remember what the name of the podcast was, the franchise gimmick Schnabitz from. Yeah, he had whatever. a bunch of shit he was launching. Yeah. And- I haven't heard. Never came up. Yeah. We, we when we all talked to him that night, I we can't come on your podcast right away. I'm working on some stuff. That's right. three years ago. He, he couldn't even be on on video or something like he wouldn't even right. get on video. Yeah, we were allowed to take him. his picture, but we weren't allowed to have him on video. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Really I, and I'm not disparaging him. I'd love to have Shane on the show, but I, I'm all about branding. If he was working on a brand, you know, he's got to get paid. That's mm-hmm. fine. Right. But so uh, before we uh, before we start. Wrapping this thing up, I do have to bring up one point about said, um, you know, uh, Raw. Did you actually watch Did not see Raw, Raw this week. Okay. Uh, so, so this is what's on our mind is what, is what we're going at. Uh, we can do the what's on our mind real quick oh, after sure. this. Wrestling. This is it's fine. Wrestling. But I was going to say, okay, this is I got of, wrestling on my mind. This is loading, loading into the wrestling. Yes. Um, so The Fiend, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, <laughs> made his appearance last night much. Fuck you. You took my gimmick. Now i got to come up much, with a new one. Much, much. Well, we can, we can roll with it. All right. Much to the delight of fans. Mm-hmm. If you didn't see the video and the pop that this guy got. I watched the show. I think the age of Seth Rollins is uh, pretty much heading towards. If you put him up against The Fiend, which it looks like they're doing. Yeah, it that looks like the route they're going to take. It looks like he's going to be set up to take this belt, and and it looks like I could I could be off, but it looks like the Fiend is is starting to do exactly what we thought and make his own little, little modern day following. modern day under, modern right. day Undertaker, sorry, a ministry, over a my ministry, yeah. if you will, you know, whatever they go with, whatever they go, with. and it looks like he's actually calling his people. He started with the demon. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have to have, you know, their... Yeah, they have their blow-off after right. he comes back from his honeymoon. Exactly. <laughs> it's from, it's good job, Finn. Hey. She's you, hot. Oh, my she God. Is. She's so hot. Good, good job. Good Finn. job, got, Finn. No, got nothing wrong with that, man. Um, it looks like he picked uh, whatever you want to call him now. I guess it's going to be the fucking career slayer because his career is going to be... Six times Braun has been in a main event heavyweight title match. Six times he's lost. Yes. yes. Is he the next Andre the Giant where you don't really need a belt to get over? Uh, you know, I was wondering that myself because they, just like I brought up with uh, Bill Alfonso about, you know, Baron Corbin, is finally I feel like he's starting to get some recognition. Who won, by the way? Baron Corbin is the uh, king okay. of the ring. So. I, I thought it would be him. I didn't know if, if they were going to swerve it and go with Gable. If they did that route, I think a lot of people 
people would have been pissed off. You know, it's off. funny, and I want to throw this in here. Um, Eric B. Mitchell, friend mm-hmm. of the show, and I were talking the other day about who do you think is going to win King of the Ring? I'm like, I'm not going to see Raw. I'm out of town on Monday. They don't have cable. It's all Netflix Jones, and I did download WWE Network onto Zach's TV. So, Zach, you're welcome. <laughs> I gave him my password and everything. Shh, don't tell WWE. There'll be no talk of giving passwords out on the Loki and Jabroni show. Speaking of which, i got something to talk about with that, too. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I, watched I said it. no, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I said if Gable won, you're taking this kid who everybody loves. He's always been this white meat baby face Jones. And now you have this opportunity to build the next cocky heel. They tried it with Bobby Roode, and that's been a lost cause. As much as I love Bobby Roode, they yeah. fucked him over way too much. They, they, put they tried it with Ziggler, which is a great with, team. They, yeah, yeah. They, they, but, I do like him as a team. What was the what was the name of the team I came up with? And uh, Rude Dolph. That should be the name of the team. Rude Dolph. That I, I I'll go with it. And at I'll Christmas they just put their gimmick on and, yep. and whatever. But it, you have this opportunity to build the next sm- slimy, nasty, bullshit heel. Start out like Kurt Hennig when he won the AWA title. Apple pie and mom, and I'm going to give it 110 yep. percent. And every week. He got shittier and shittier and shittier toward the fans. And before you knew it, everybody hated Kurt Hennig. And then he parlayed that into Mr. Perfect right. at the WWF. Chad Cable – Gable, not Cable. Yeah, yeah, Chad Gable. Gable could have been that guy. He, yes, you're right. You're right. And speaking of slimy and, and just not not doing, uh, doing any part of good whatsoever to Raw, um, did you see also the segment about the ricochet being named the uh, father – of the baby reveal. <laughs> did, did you see this? I did, and I've also seen Rusev and all these other people named on Twitter. Dude, it, it, just why can't we give Mike Bennett, also known as Mike Canellis, credit for impregnating that beautiful woman? Why? <laughs> this is like Vince Russo bullshit. Are, are, is this actually happening in the WWE? Yes, or is, yes, this, or is, it this, is. Or is this no season? No, no, no. This is same, same. That's exactly <laughs> why we're saying same, Vince, same. Vince Russo bullshit because this is one of those weird ass fucking things that they don't need to do that they are doing that they don't need to do. Okay, like it's it's out of control. Um, Meanwhile, there's a. Competing network that's going to clean house. Not so fast, jackass, because next Wednesday, WWE NXT is debuting two weeks before AEW on the same, on the same night. night same We're going time. from the Monday Night Wars 20 years Wednesday ago to the Wednesday Wars. Night Wars. <laughs> smart move. A smart move well, by I'm Vince. Gonna, I'm going to tell, tell you this. As, as a subscriber to the WWE Network, which you can get at LokiandJabardi.com forward slash wrestling, the first 45 days are free. You get the next pay-per-view for free if you go through our link. Somebody's got to pay the bills, Ed. Don't smirk. Somebody has to pay that, the bills. That web address no longer works. I told you that in the last show. Okay, well, go to the gimmick at LokiandJabardi.com. Uh, Click yeah. support the show. Yes. Okay. Support anyway, the show. As a subscriber to the WWE Network, on Wednesday nights I'm recording the CNJ Speedway review. I don't have a DVR, but I'm going to catch AEW when I'm done. Why? Because AEW's the new product. Does it mean I'm going to stop watching NXT, which I do watch usually nope. on Monday on my day off? No. But once that Are five you going to make fun of the stories? Yep. Not on NXT. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> but, but is there a limit? Is there a limit that would actually make you stop watching? 
Yes, if it became Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. If it, if it goes, if it goes, if to it goes that so level, oxy that right. you can't take it anymore. One of the things I like about Toxy NXT, moxie. one of the things I like about NXT, and furthermore, I am so in love with NXT UK. You can't even begin to describe. All those guys and girls should be over here right now, and you should send every Kevin Owens and every Sami Zayn. And they don't want to see any more fat Americans. Trust me. If you bring the, if you bring the NXT UK crowd over here, those wrestlers. Pete Do you know Dunn, why Kevin Tony Owens Storm, goes over so fucking much? Because he's fat like us. He's a pizza eating pie hucking motherfucker. He's fat people, like us. I love him. People look at him and go. I can do that. I want to give him one little shot of respect because he's been doing the stunner. Kevin Owens has done for wrestling what Ron Jeremy did for porn. There you go. Yeah. I can do that. I can fucking do that. He wanted a new finish. He wanted the stunner. He didn't want to just do it. Stone Cold was at the show. He goes, hey, Steve, um, Kevin Owens, how are you? I'd love to use the stunner as my finish. I wanted your blessing. Goddamn, kid. And This is straight from Steve Austin's podcast. Goddamn, kid. Why don't you go ahead and use it? Just don't call it the Stone Cold Stunner. It's just the Stunner. Done. It's it, respect. Well, you can't call it the Stone Cold Stunner. You well, know, you know. They, they still yeah. call the Sharpshooter the Sharpshooter, even though it's the Scorpion Deathlock. Well, it can't be the Scorpion Deathlock either because that was Sting's. Speaking of Sting, that was you know what? <laughs> it's my new what's on my mind. Um, the Saudi Prince wants another show out in Jeddah. Saw and that. The saw match that. he it's wants is Sting and Sting. Undertaker. Um, I thought Sting was done. We're working He's on this. He's still a WWE He's a contract pro- holder. Now, here's the thing. Three years ago, I did that whole video about Seth Rollins, and I, I got to say, he's been doing good. He hasn't killed anybody lately. But Sting at 50-plus years old, uh, Undertaker 50-plus years old, is that really <coughs> the main event you want? <coughs> Uh, well, they already got it in Goldberg and Undertaker, and that Goldberg is fifty something, and Undertaker's fifty something. I mean, it doesn't those, those matter. Those are twelve minutes of my life I'll look, never get look, back. They could have the greatest wrestling in women. But By the way, guys, I'm texting with Fonzie right I, now. I, I figure that. Um, <laughs> Focus on the product, bro. I am. They, Bill they could have is the a product great tonight. product out there in women's wrestling, but that is one thing that's never going to happen over there. It's never no, going to happen because you know of saying? their laws, and right? Their exactly. Beliefs and- but they're going to they're going to get what they want, and guess what they want? Sting versus Undertaker. That's Why? what the prince wants because that's what everybody wants. Though ten and years what did, ago, what did everybody? It. Yeah, exactly. But now he's able to say something. So now he's going to come up with these ridiculous matches. He doesn't care about now. You can he, turn he around, what, you can turn around and go, he's Rock and Cena. And people will be like, okay, it's been done before. Let's do it yeah. again. All right, who he's cares? a guy it's like fine. me. The, the Saudi prince is a guy like me who sits back and goes, you know what would have been a great match, both in their prime? AJ Styles and Bob Backlund. Make it happen. Yeah. Well, well you, now you have Bob Backlund at 65 years old. The only old, way you can do AJ that. AJ 41. No. Yeah. It's called WWE 2K whatever year the fuck it 2K is now. 2K20. So Coming now up, it's 2K20. It's going to be released next right. month. Exactly. And it's got fucking. But you can go to WWE. Chroman Reigns and still, the man I'm on I'm still it. playing 18. I'm still playing 16 for crying out loud. Fucking Chroman Reigns. Is, is that the one we were playing? Yes. Oh, damn. I know. I can't get rid of it, man. I didn't uh, like, I this didn't guy like is now Edwards. an 11-time U.S. champion. He's had three runs with the world championship. Actually used his money in the bank, cashed in on me, 
and won my world championship once. So Paige is still my manager. That's all oh, I, care. I don't have a manager. Wow, I just, Paige is actually still a manager. That says how old that is. Paige still has a porn film out well, there. Well, you somewhere. can pick you can pick them, and I pick Paige. Yeah. I didn't even know who the fuck she was. I didn't know she'd done no blowjob tapes. <laughs> well, now you that know. Just made, that just made me want to keep not, her. Not, yeah, exactly. Now you're like, maybe you, I can get some residual fallout here. You got any basement stuff to plug? Uh, well, we just had our adventure. Um, How'd that go? Which Everybody showed up on time from what First I game I ever played where I got most of the treasure and didn't have to kill anything. Nice, Eddie. <laughs> nice. Was no, it was, it was good times. It was fucking good times. Uh, they actually did defeat one of the big bad evils, which... Uh, <laughs> Which I ha- I actually had to the way the story was going. I didn't want this big bad evil to go so soon, but uh, you know I- sometimes you get sick of them. Like well, you never knows when they die. It's because your heart is not really in it anymore, right? Well, not only that, like I said, I've been going the whole Jim route, which I renamed the character JYM Jim, and named after <laughs> his. For those of you who don't know, um, Jim was playing D and D with us. Jim is no longer playing D and D with Aww. us because he pissed off the owner of the house. It's very simple. You don't, you don't piss, piss off, off the, the person the we play D and D at. You know, and then his whole his whole thing is, and yes, Jim, if you're watching. Which I doubt it, but if you are same watching, Jim, I'm thinking of yeah, yeah. I'm I'm calling you out on the show. He Hugger goes, Jones. He goes. We can just play it elsewhere. No, no, you can. So, just anyways, play it elsewhere. I had to do something with his character. I just can't like make it disappear out mm. of the world. So I made him the big bad evil now. So he replaced the old big bad evil, and these guys got a chance to actually take out the original big that bad evil. That is sexy. I got to tell you, that's a big sexy. old fucking battle, which was I got a picture of it, and it was it's going to go up there on Basement mm. Quest. But we're getting good. We're getting mad love on on our Instagram yes. channel. Um, awesome. Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, that that know. one that one post I had blew the fuck up. Over two hundred likes. Nice. Insane. Nice. <laughs> it was stupid. Uh, I just connect to the right people. It. Right. <laughs> it really did. You know? It really did. It, you know? um, Amazing what you could do with an Instagram and someone actually, like, did it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't look at me. I'm other, than, other than us because we're busy. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, take, some, you know, take some time out from bullying people online and get on banned Facebook. from Facebook. What are you trying to say? Do some promo on the Instagram. I do promos all the time. I, I got I got one thing I want to plug, and it's hopefully the last week we're going to do Facebook only Jones because Eddie and I have to talk about this after this episode. CJ Speedway review tomorrow night. I'm going on another tirade. There will be f words. There will be so much oh, crap. Yeah, here we go. Because if you are going to be a crybaby, and I'll share this video with you. Oh, guys. I've actually seen it. You Kyle saw it. Bush oh, rubbing up against the guy. God. No, he ran dead into well, his ass. Yeah, the thing is, I was going to say as as he's doing this, two guys. Like you can watch go around this video. Him. yeah. Like go, both of them are on top though. They if do I'm not the wrong. No, right? One went to the top, one went to the bottom. Oh, okay, and okay. Kyle is holding the middle. His spotter is the at fault here, but Kyle holds the middle and runs dead into the fifty-two of Garrett Smithley. Boom! Now that now Smithley, he was two laps down, doesn't have a chance. Now Kyle doesn't have a chance to win. Right. Um, Kyle Busch blamed everybody but Kyle Busch. No, I and saw that he, he was, was trying. To, he was trying to act like. Uh, What's Marshawn Lynch and Marshawn Lynch actually drove, well, drove the stock car, car that, or the, yeah, the pace car that fucking day, which was really. He's like, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Yeah, he was a punk nope. bitch throughout the whole he, fucking interview. He was like a, uh, he was like a like like a teenager throwing the attitude after they got caught doing something stupid. Yes, you know what I'm saying. The, whatever. 
Yep. Oh, the, yep. The, the end of the interview, I don't know if you watched the whole thing, but he turns his back and he looks at his PR guy and says, are these people going to ask the same dumbass fucking questions yeah. over am, and over again? Am I good? Am, am I, I good? good? Can, Can I, I go? go away? Yeah. yeah. First of all, hashtag fuck Kyle Bush. We've got to make that a shirt. Because I would love to see every track in America I don't with even, our T-shirt. I don't even hashtag watch fuck Kyle wrestling Bush. at all. Racing, and, and, as it were. And, I mean, yeah, racing as, at all. I'm yeah, sorry. I was about to say, when, when yeah, this right? Because wrestling's on my brain right now. Okay. I don't watch racing at all. And I just watched that fucking... And it was randomly. It was in the Twitter feed. It was like somebody somebody wrote, uh, Kyle Bush was like a millennial. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got to see this. And I'm like watching this, and I'm like, dude, there's no reason why you need to be acting like this. Yeah, right the, now. the best quote came from Garrett Smithley himself. He says, "Let's trade cars for one week, and we'll see how you do." He tweeted, and he was like, two cars made it around me just fine." Yeah, how, how do dot, you? Dot, dot, yeah, dot. right. <laughs> um, one of the NASCAR NBC guys said, "It's up to the person facilitating the pass to move around the car you're trying to pass." Did you think he was going to disappear? You know what? You know what else does that? It's called skiing. Yeah, skiing. It is not your job as the person in front of you to constantly go look you know over your it's shoulder. Like, it's the person I'm driving behind on ninety-five. You. You, you remember that show, Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Yeah. You remember the mom? Yes. How fucking crazy she was, and there was an episode where she caused an accident. Yes. And she denied causing the accident. Was making a big deal about it. They found footage of her causing the accident. The husband shows her the footage. Of her causing the accident, she looks at it, she's like, no. Yeah, yeah, it's just no. A, no. Didn't it's, happen it's, like that. <laughs> That's Kyle Bush. I, I, I'm, I'm going to text Corey when we're done here. Uh, profanity lays tirade tomorrow night. Hopefully, the last Facebook exclusive Jones. Speaking of clothes, uh, fuck Kyle Bush. Causing accidents. Did oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Did you see the picture? And this was actually in Maine. This was not in Florida. Oh, wow. This was in Maine. Some dudes literally. Had three moose heads hanging out of their fucking SUV. <laughs> yes, I saw this. They tied their buddy to the top of the fucking truck, right? And drove down the freeway, oh, caused 16 fucking no. accidents. It looked like the moose killed the guy <laughs> and people lost their shit. It was so good. Uh, they so all got good. arrested, but. <laughs> so, you know what? That's so the, they got their friend killed. I need a beer. I'm going to tell you why I love this. And they tried to frame Bullwinkle? <laughs> oh, no. Bullwinkle and his buddies were hanging out. One of them had a beer in his mouth. The other one had, like, a stogie hanging out. Oh, yeah. Like, one had a do-rag on. It was, it was gorgeous. It was literally... I don't know where they got these heads from. I imagine... Taxidermist. Taxidermist. Or they shot rookie. him. Watch me, watch me kill a dumbass. Well, literally, <laughs> there's these three <laughs> rookie. Watch me cause 16 accidents on the highway. huge moose hanging out this dude's fucking window. First of all, that, that's genius. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's it genius brilliant. because if you're driving down the highway and you see a, a man <laughs> strapped to the top of a Suburban and three moose heads, that's comedy, first of all. And second... If you actually are so distracted by it, you're going to crash your car, you're the Why? dumbass, Why? Because they're on me. TikTok trying to go, oh, exactly. my God, I got to get this shit. World star. World <laughs> okay. star. All right, ma'am, sir, I'm going to need your statement. Did you see what happened? Did you see who caused this? Three moose eye. Moose and squirrel? <laughs> Blame on moose and squirrel. Fuck. All right, guys. So that's right. Tune in tomorrow for the last possible Facebook, Facebook only. Only. <laughs> CNJ Speed Rave Review. Hopefully next week we have Joey Casada here. If not, it'll be the week after. He's got right. a little bit of a scheduling conflict. We're still trying to work that out. 
Sometime, we'll have some kind of debauchery and fuckery if something else doesn't go through. I, Sometime actually, in November. I, I got something. Oh, Jesus. I need to call out because it really grinded my gears. I tweak my nipples too much on CNJ Speed Review. Yep. Yes, you do. Okay. But um, a certain guest co-host that we had for a while tried oh, to be- say that none of the Rocky movies are good except for the first <laughs> one. Oh, yes. Thank you. I already gave him the riot act. You, oh, it's your turn. Four. And I was triggered. Creed 2 was amazing. Rocky 4 might have been the most. If you like Rocky 4, you'll love Creed 2. Mr. T. <laughs> Rocky 3. Hulk Hogan, Mr. I, I, T. Mr. T, yeah. But Rocky 4. Forget Rocky 5. That was just some bullshit. I was just about to say. <laughs> it was embarrassing. That one, push it to the it side. Rocky Balboa was, should have been Rocky 5. Yes. Yeah. But, dude, homie, what's wrong with you? I'm just going to give him a little out. He did have brain... My man did have brain surgery. They might have taken the Rocky they lobe. They cut the good Rocky They out. cut the Rocky Apparently. lobe out of his brain. I, I saying, love him. Even for as cliche as the movie Still is... Still amazing. It's just done right. And you know my own saying? girlfriend, which chicks shouldn't love Rocky movies. Let's be honest. Rambo comes out this week. I want to go see it. But... Chicks are not built to love Rocky, Rambo, Godfather, Goodfellas, etc. so far. Right. I don't know. Although I did come home one night not too long ago recently and caught her watching The Godfather 2. And I'm like, you're welcome. Yeah, there you go. There it is. There it is. The superior Godfather film. Superior. All right, guys. We love you all very much. I'm going to argue that next week. <laughs> we will uh, we'll be arguing uh, something next week, apparently. Yes. If not with Joey Casada, then with, with each other. Right. Yeah, something's going down. Oh, something you guys want to argue about down. something? All right, fine. I'm down. I'll argue with you. We'll, we'll figure it Three-way out. Three-way argue battle. We'll figure it out. out. Well, there you if, go. If Joey's not on, we'll have an argument. There it is. First you need one, your Joey Casada. First one to yell, fuck you, get out of my house wins. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo, nice. All right, guys. So we'll see you next Tuesday. And as always, make sure you go to that website and make sure you buy stuff. Hit that support us. It says support. And then, boom, do it. Or... You can buy tickets to your events or Which shows I'm going to do in two weeks because on the website, Lynch and I are going to see King Diamond. Click mm-hmm. event tickets. Yes. Okay. Um, King Diamond concerts, is on there. Theater shows. You go to Broadway. It's all Football. There. You mm-hmm. could have been in the Meadowlands last night There's when rest, Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. caught that under. one-handed beauty catch. Nice. Yes, it's all there. It's everything's available for you guys. And thank you. It's all available. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again to Bill Alfonso. Yeah, great so interview. So awesome. Great interview. And there's the nickelback music. This is means we have to leave. Ed's gotta make pasta. You gotta make pasta. Thank you so much, everybody. Tuna and, and, and mayonnaise and Ew, no. And stuff, that, yeah. That's just disgusting. You know, when people sit there and they talk about pepperoni going and, and, and pineapple on pizza. Let's 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 not talk about the fucking people that still use mayonnaise for their French fries. Okay. And what about that ketchup on mac and cheese? That's oh, nasty. That kind God. of audacity just, is going on. Yeah, you pe- the, people. There's more important things than pineapple. guys. If you love us, don't do any of this shit. Thank you. Later. <laughs>